of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. And welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Thank you for joining me today as we are continuing through the Psalm Project, the book of Psalms, every Psalm set to music. And here we are today in Psalm 97. I am really enjoying the content of these uh, most recent Psalms that we have had. Uh, Psalm 95 and 96, and here at 97 um, and 98. And I, I, I've also obviously looked at the upcoming Psalms uh, in a little bit of detail, Psalms 99 and 100. Um, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of Psalm 93, but Psalm 93 heads a group of Psalms that praises God as king. They are kingship psalms. So Psalm 93 and then 95 through 100 are those psalms. They are uh, psalms that praise God as king. And so uh, this is no different. Psalm 97, it, it is titled in our English translation simply as the Lord reigns. And so you're kind of seeing a theme here as we've gone in Psalm 95 about singing praises to the Lord and then Psalm 96 that we just covered, um, worshiping God in the splendor of his holiness. So there are themes of his might and his, uh, his awe, his um, uh, supremacy, his reign. These are themes that exist in these psalms. And so Psalm 97 is no different. It praises God as king. It is a kingship psalm. Uh, let me read for you the text of Psalm 97 and then get into my very short commentary on this psalm. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the peoples see his glory. All worshippers of images are put to shame, who make their boast in worthless idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because your judgments, O Lord, for you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. So the psalm calls the people of God, beginning in the first verse, to worship him. And it says, the reason, right at the very beginning, is the Lord reigns. So in other words, everything from this psalm stems from this overarching fact that God reigns. So it says, the Lord reigns. 
let the earth rejoice. It could be stated as the Lord reigns, therefore let the earth rejoice. The substance, the foundation of this psalm is built upon the fact that God reigns. And there's so much wrapped up in that statement that we should never forget. He reigns over all the earth, and therefore he reigns in our personal lives. But how often do we not trust him in our personal lives, whether it's our finances or our relationships, whatever the case may be, when you really think about it, it is amazing that we would trust him with our very salvation and our eternity and fully believe that he holds the universe in the palm of his hands and then yet have a hard time trusting him with our finances or our relationships. The things that really are small in comparison to what he reigns over. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. So the psalm calls on the earth to praise God. And this call to the nations has taken on a whole new meaning after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Verses 2 and 3. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. I'm thinking of the uh, musical group Earth, Wind, and Fire right now. But this mentions uh, these these, uh, majestic acts. These are visible revelations of God. In other words, a theophany. And uh, sometimes these revelations were in the context of a storm-like event. And such a manifestation helped God's people to appreciate his awesome power. If you remember, how were the children of Israel led? With a, with a cloud by day and a fire by night. I'm reminded of Psalm 18. that says, Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing glowing coals flamed forth from him. And then Psalm 29 that talks about ascribing to the Lord heavenly beings. And it says that his voice is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. And surely, yes, there is imagery here. These are metaphors, uh, but these events literally occurred often when God acted. You think of cloud by day, fire by night. How did God appear to Moses? Through a burning bush. How did he reveal his power to Egypt when he saved the children of Israel? He parted the waters. And so these storm-like events were visible manifestation, uh, manifestations of God and his power. And then the psalm continues to remind us of the awesome power of God. In verse 5, it says, The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. And surely, yes, we can look at this as a metaphor, but also understand that God, in all of his power, that this is no small feat for him, that this could certainly happen. And in fact, when you read our book called the Apocalypse, which is the book of Revelation, that these things will occur. 
that the earth will be destroyed by the awesome power of God. I'm reminded of Psalm 46 that says that God is our refuge and our strength. And really, when he is our refuge and our strength, what else is there that we should be afraid of? Nothing. Because God himself is the creator of everything in existence and truly the one who will defeat evil. And in Psalm 46, it says, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So why are all these um, natural storm-like events and these um, these objects of nature such as mountains, why are these mentioned so much in the book of Psalms? If you've ever been to Colorado, I love hiking in Colorado, and I love seeing the 14ers is what we call them, 14,000 foot mountains. There are over 50 of them in Colorado, uh, which is by far the most of any state in the United States. <clears throat> and these majestic objects of nature, these mountains, towering mountains, they are just, they're a wonder to behold. And to think that our God created those, not only did he create them, but to create them was really not a large task for him. He did so with just by just speaking it. And so we think of these um, awesome events in nature, take maybe a hurricane or a tornado, something that is devastating to humanity. And these things are no match for our God. And so these, these objects and these events are used in Scripture not only as a metaphor, but to remind us that God literally is bigger than these things. And so this psalm praising God reminds people that these awesome objects, these awesome events that we see in our natural world are nothing compared to God. We cannot get our minds above him, below him, or even around his infinite circumference because he is that majestic. And so this psalm praises him and reminds us of who he is. As I said uh, in, in the last psalm, we have to remember who he is because when we remember and we see God for who he is, we are reminded very quickly of who we are and how small and, and I hesitate to say this, but insignificant we are compared to him. But thankfully, through Jesus Christ, our God sees us and loves us. And so even though, yes, compared to God, we are insignificant, in Christ we are significant. Verse 7, all worshipers of images are put to shame who make their boast in worthless idols, worship him, all you gods. Another reference to gods, obviously not acknowledging that there are other gods, but uh, calling the surrounding nations to worship the one true God. And then in verse 8, Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. The people of God Know that the judgments of God will remove the wicked and so bring about their own liberation. So this is a psalm that praises God. <clears throat> I have said it maybe in not as boisterous of a 
musical setting as you might expect for something so bold like this. It is actually a slower setting, but really fits with the context of the psalm as a reminder, a reverent reminder, that we are to worship God as king and the sovereign ruler over all creation. So here is Psalm 97 set to music. Thank you for joining me today on the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. And true in heart 
Now in the Lord be joyful all you righteous and thank his holy name.